Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Barbara Eldridge, your host for Trendsetting Women, because our topic today is, is there a learning culture in business today? And our leading lady is Kirsten Skadberg of Skadberg Consulting. Good morning, Kirsten. How are you? Good morning, Barbara. I'm, I'm doing great, and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I took some time over the weekend to review your, your biography on your website, and I have to say the environmental work that you have first off studied, studied for but also worked with, um, you know, relating to the environment um, in recycling water for the city of San Diego, uh, there were so many different projects, even, even the rehab project for Yosemite National Park. These are fantastic things. But now... You're working in the workplace and creating learning, so I'm really curious as to how you how you made that leap out of the environment, or did you, and into the classroom? Oh, Barbara, that's such a great question. Um, and you know, it's it's really interesting to me because you know I I have been an environmental consultant ever since I com- completed grad school, and actually a little bit before that too. And I still do environmental consulting. So I still have clients who I work with. I now have my own small business, as you noted. Um, so I do environmental consulting, and I love it. I even I even teach it at the at University of San Diego. I have an environmental assessment class I teach every fall. But several right. years ago, I had this yeah I had this realization that uh, all the time that I was working in my professional career, and even before that, had also been teaching. And, and, you know, first of all, let me just say for the professionals out there, when I say teaching, everybody thinks K through 12 teaching, right? So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about teaching, um, well, I teach college students, but also teaching my peers. So teaching people within my company, teaching people in the professional associations that I participate in, and even sometimes teaching clients or potential clients. And what I realized was, was two things. First of all, how many incredible benefits having teaching as part of my professional career had brought to me. But also, um, how different of a skill set teaching is from just being an expert. I think a lot of people think if you're an expert, then you, you'd be a great teacher. And I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really think that's necessarily true. Um, but I did discover yeah. that teaching is my true passion, and so I've been doing more to incorporate it into my, my business. Wow. So so you're bringing it more into the workplace. You know, is that mm. has that become more popular at this point? I'm talking, you know, I, Opic said, you know, a learning culture. Is it is it yeah. being thrown around in the marketplace? What's happening? So, yeah, so, okay. Learning in the workplace is certainly not a new topic, right? 
But I feel right. like I, I see people talking about it more. And I, this is my theory for why that's happening. I think it's a combination um, of a couple of things. First of all, people are, companies are having trouble hiring right now. And they're mm-hmm. having trouble keeping people. So there's, you know, I don't know all the data about that, but I do know that when I go to LinkedIn and I look at my feed, I see a ton of people looking for staff and I see a ton of people saying, hey, I just started a new job, right? So something is happening. People are making changes. And there's a lot of um, information out there that says when people list the things they look for in a job, one of the top things they list is opportunities to learn and grow. So I think companies are starting to put that together and to realize, Mm. hey, we really need to invest in learning if we want to attract and keep good people. So I think that's part of, I think that's part of what it is. So is that, you think a learning culture is being created within companies? Well, oh, that's such a good question because, so remember I just said that teaching is a different skill from being an expert. So I, what I think is probably happening is that leaders and managers are recognizing that they should have a learning culture. And so, but they don't really know how to do that because they're professionals, right? They're not learning professionals. And so, um, so yeah, so I think that um, (laughs) one of the biggest, one of the biggest issues that they face is that they see their staff having these full-time jobs and they're going, well, how are my people going to do their job and incorporate learning and, and that's where I think the disconnect is happening because we have this idea that the only way to do learning and create a learning culture is to just hit people with a ton of trainings, right? Send them to trainings, have online trainings, do all these trainings, but it's hard to do that and do your job. So part of what I've been doing is working, yeah, is working on ways to incorporate learning in small pieces over time and embedding it more into your team's work that's a learning culture that might be more sustainable. Okay. So um, in, in what respect do you think are the benefits, you know, overall benefits are people learning faster or, you know, is it a matter of a select group that gets to do the um, presenting of, of the learning, you know, where does the learning come Mm -hmm. from? Right. Okay, so here's where I have a little bit of a different perspective on it, um, I think, than, than some professionals. So when leaders and managers realize that they need to train their people and give them opportunities to learn, the first thing they do is they go and hire an external trainer. And external trainers are great for many things. And I've been an external trainer. But one of the problems, and this is an experience I had, Barbara. So I got hired by a state agency in California to develop a half-day training for their people. And Mm -hmm. they paid me a lot of money to develop this training. (laughs) And what I realized was the vast majority of what they had to pay me was the time it spent for me to learn how they do things. For me, the external trainer, to learn how they talk about things, what the case studies are that they can relate to even to get the photos that I could put in the presentation, right. To, to make it relatable (laughs) to these people. And I thought, gosh, you know, on some level, wouldn't it just be easier 
to give your own people a few teaching skills because they already <laughs> know, you know, they have the institutional knowledge, right? And they know how you do things. So what if you could just help them become better teachers? And that's, that's what I'm working on now, Barbara, is helping companies develop peer-to-peer learning so that that institutional knowledge can be, you know, maintained in, within teams. So does it, I'm curious, does that usually come from some of the older managers or are the younger people? Because everybody brings, some, you know, now with technology and everything else, there's so many new things being brought to the table. So is it old information? Is it, you know, that they're teaching or is it, um, you know, more up-to-date things so that the company grows and moves faster? Well, see, Okay. So that's another interesting question. So, all right, so you're a, a leader and you want to have a training program. So a lot of times what happens is you hire someone to come in or you might even have someone, I guess, you know, even better, you have someone who works on your staff, but their job is to be the learning and development person. So you put together videos, right, online training, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to do the thing you need, whether it's onboarding or teaching skills or whatever. But now you've got this static piece of learning, right? And <laughs> right. right now, with things changing so fast, for sure that's going to be out of date at some point, right? So my thought is, how can you make learning more fluid? You know, digital learning is great, and I, I do lots of, you know, digital learning with my clients <laughs> and my students, but how can you create a learning system that's a little more fluid and that can change and grow over time. And so I think having an, maybe a, a piece of your, of your training, having this fluid, um, more informal peer learning system can help with that because you can change it quickly, right? It's not some big video system that's online. It's just people talking to each other and helping each other solve problems. So I feel like that's a really critical piece of the training puzzle if you want to adopt a mindset of continuous change, which I think companies are realizing we really have to do right now in the current climate. It, it sounds so practical to me. You know, I, I try and do that with small business owners in a little different way, but I hear what you're saying. And, and I guess my question is, are you, are you one of the few people out there doing this? Because, you know, people have kind of a, a learning culture, I guess you, you'd call it, and, and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, are they ready for it? Um, so that, that's an interesting question. So a lot of people are doing, are out there creating learning experiences, right? I mean, you can buy all kinds of products that are designed to help your company you know, instill a learning culture. And, there, and you know, Barbara, I, I want to say there's a lot of really good ones out there. So what, I'm, what I work on, this peer learning, to me is a piece of that puzzle. It's not the whole puzzle, okay? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I think that, um, yeah, the, you know, folks who offer some of those services, they, they have their own business, right? So their goal is to sell stuff to you right, and to right. your company. <laughs> so I think, you know, the thing that's different about what I'm offering is I'm saying you don't have to buy a product to make your 
team better teachers. So, you know, they're already teachers, yeah. right? We have mentors. Some, people, some companies do uh, peer-to-peer learning. The, the thing that I'm offering that's a little bit different is a lot of people recognize that their team contains experts, but I'm saying help the experts on your team at sharing their knowledge what with others know. in your company. Because like sure. I said earlier, teaching, and, and this is what I've learned, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I used to be a terrible teacher. I was one of those professionals who, this is what, this is what I did, and this is what most professionals do, in my opinion. When, you, when, you, when people say we want you to train on this topic, the first thing you do is you make a list of everything you know about it. And when you do that, that usually translates into a PowerPoint with a bunch of bullet points, and you go over the bullet points, and then everyone's trained. But what I've learned through trial and error is that that method doesn't work. You don't teach anybody anything, and it's horrible for the teacher too, right, because that's not how learning works. So if you want people to be able to, you know, transmit their knowledge to other people, you need to give them a few skills based on learning science. That's what I'm offering that's different is I help professionals you know, learn just, you really don't need to know that much. It's a few basic teaching skills so that they can become effective mentors, trainers, teachers of their peers. That's what, that's what is so are, different about what I'm offering. So do you, as you go into a, a company that says, you know, we need you to do this, do people step up to, um, you know, contributing to wanting to be one of those teachers or do you have to select them? Does the company select them? What, how, how does that work in a, in a company? You know, it's so interesting. In my experience working with different companies, I usually find that when the leader, it's usually leaders, managers, right, who say, hey, we want to we do this for our team. When they tell their team, that this is happening and this opportunity is there for them to learn these, these teaching mm-hmm. and training skills, it's usually a matter of picking out which ones you're going you're gonna to train first because so many people raise their hands. And I, I think <laughs> oh, really? that, you know. Everybody wants to well, be in I charge. Think, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that everybody, everybody, loves being an expert and everybody loves the feeling of sharing what they know with others. That's why, you know, Mm -hmm. when I teach at university of San Diego, Barbara, when I invite professionals to come in and talk to my class, I mean, everybody says yes. Everybody says yes, because it gives you a good feeling to be the one who can help others with what you know, and people want to do it. They really do. But I think what happens is people get excited about teaching and training. They say, I'm going to do a brown bag. But the only model they've seen is one where someone stands up at the front of the room and goes over bullet points, and so that's what they do, and then they have a horrible experience with it. The audience has a horrible ex- experience with it, and, and that's the end of their teaching career right there. But, you know, what, wow. let me, let me, I'll give you one example. So one of the best things I teach my students, and I, and I, have, to go, I, have, to, I have to repeat it again and again, is when you're doing good teaching or training, it's not about you. It's about your students. The spotlight should be on your students, not you. So that means that instead of standing at the front of the room with a bunch of people staring at you, you're standing at the front of the room encouraging other people to talk and learn and do things. And it's so much more fun for everyone. And that's how learning works. Learning science supports that method. And that's, the, that's what I think is new that I'm offering to people um, when, I, when I come in to, to teach them. 
I love it. Can we can we stop a minute? Uh, we're going to take a moment and recognize one of our sponsors. Um, Women Lead okay, Radio great. is brought to is brought to you by Connected Women of Influence and our partner Microsoft. Their mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet. Technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. We believe technology can and should be a force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a higher, brighter world in a big and small way. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our partners. Now, back to our show. Um, welcome back, uh, Kirsten and uh, Kirsten Skadberg. Let's go back to our our culture of learning. <clears throat> so we've talked about some practical ways to contribute to this le- new learning culture that you're talking about. So there's a there's a word that we talked about when when we talked about you doing this and it was talking about how people can learn um and who are struggling with the imposter syndrome can you talk a little mm. bit more about that i would love to um yeah so <laughs> this is an interest this is interesting so that's enough spe- speaking of um phrases that you hear bandied about quite a lot. I hear a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome and I actually love the phrase cuz I feel like it resonates with people. I feel like everybody has had the experience where they feel like maybe I'm not the expert everybody thinks I am, right? I mean a lot, when we're professionals, our bread and butter is being an expert on something, right? Certainly when you're when you're a consultant, right? Sure. You you actually sure. get paid mm-hmm. To know more than other people about something. So if you have this sense that, oh, God, I really don't know as much as people think I do, that is a terrible feeling, right? And a lot of people can relate to it. So I think that one of the best ways to overcome imposter syndrome is to teach. And I think that sounds really counterintuitive to a lot of people. (laughs) It sounds frightening. For most people. It does sound frightening. Um, Okay, so let me tell you why I think teaching is a great antidote to imposter syndrome. Can I I explain that to you? Hang hang on one second. Why don't you explain what you mean by imposter syndrome? A little bit more detail about that. Then Then we can go into the other aspect of it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think to me imposter syndrome is simply the sinking feeling that people are going to find out that you don't know as much as you should (laughs) and that you're going to get called out, you know, that you're going to get reprimanded or fired or something bad is going to happen because you don't, Mm -hmm. you you know, you don't know what you're supposed to know at work. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Is that, does that resonate with you? Is that how you think of imposter syndrome? Sure. 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 Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I see it in small business owners because they know sometimes they know they're what they're, selling but they don't know the aspects of business that get them there and so they don't know how to do that and they hide from it so yeah i hear hear what you're saying okay so now i so let me tell you why i think teaching can help overcome can overcome that okay Okay. so the first the first reason and this is a big one is one of the key benefits of teaching for a professional is that when you teach others what you know 
you must understand it in a much deeper way because explaining something to someone else is harder than just doing it or knowing it, right? You have to understand it more deeply. So when you teach, you, you get that deeper understanding of what you do, and that builds confidence because you realize, hey, I really do know what I'm talking about, right? Uh-huh. One of the reasons I think that, that people, the professional, you know, skilled, talented professionals experience imposter syndrome is because of this phenomenon called the curse of knowledge. Have you ever heard of the, the curse of knowledge? Explain it a little. Okay, okay. So the curse of knowledge is this idea that when you know something really well, it seems easy to you. Yeah. Right. It, it okay. seems obvious to you. So you, it's hard to understand the value of what you know, right? And so that's why teaching is so powerful in overcoming imposter syndrome because when you stand in front of other people and start to talk about what you know, they go, wow, I never knew that before. What a great point. Wait, can you back up and say that again? And you see reflected in their eyes how much you know. You know what I mean? Because when you teach people who are less experienced than you, you do know a lot more than they do. You just don't really think about it very often because you're just, you know, you're just used to being the expert all the time. So it's interesting to me that you can go into a company and, you know, really, you know, companies have their own, the aspects. You, You can't possibly know everything that, people have to know so you're teaching say a manager then to what help bring out the highlights of what people need to know kind of explain that a little bit more okay yeah so this is this goes back to this first big mistake that I think professionals make when they're trying to 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 develop teaching or training and that is they start by making a list of everything they know here's (laughs) here's what I teach okay A better way to start is to ask the people that you want to teach, the learners, the students, whatever you want to call them, ask them what their challenge is. Because if you start by asking people what they need to know and what they want to know, then you're you're building an entirely different training, right? You're solving a problem. You're asking, what's the challenge, and how, what, how can I help you overcome that challenge as the teacher? So that now you're doing a couple things. Number one, you're actually addressing the real problem, right? Like find out what the right. real problem is first, right? What are you even training for if you don't know what the problem is, right? But secondly, it's putting the spotlight on the people with the problem so that they're thinking, oh, wow, this is interesting. Oh, you're going to help me solve my problem? This, this is about me. That's very engaging for your students, right? As opposed to now I will teach you how to fill out your time card. You know, ah, everyone's asleep before you even start, right? How about this? Um, here, I'm going to give you tips to fill out your time card so that you're not sitting there on Friday afternoons, you know, spending half an hour of it not being able to go home. Like what, you know, I'm going to help you fill out your time chart so you don't have to stress about it every single week. You know, how the, what I'm saying is if you, if you start from the perspective of the people who are learning and you identify the problem they're facing, then you can build a really powerful learning experience. And, you know, that's the type of thing that I'm teaching when I work with companies. Well, I'm, I'm curious about that. And, you know, 
are people, you know, here we are in a, in a learning situation within a company that's paying me, quote, are people willing to say this is my biggest challenge? Are they willing to admit to that to their manager or whoever is, is leading this? Are they comfortable with that? Yeah, that's a great question. So in my experience with the companies that I've worked with, people are thrilled to be asked. And I <laughs> think the step where people, where the, you know, the people who are, are planning the training, the step where they go out and they ask their team, and what I advise is that you ask really open-ended questions. You don't say, you know, what problems are you facing with, um, you know, item five on your timesheet, right? You go out and you say, when you think about your timesheet, this is kind of a weird example, but it just came to mind. When you think about your timesheet, what, you know, what, what, keeps you, what keeps you up at night? And it's, it sounds weird to say that, but if you've ever been a consultant, you understand that filling out your timesheet does keep people up at night, okay? If you're not a consultant, that might not resonate. But, but when you ask right. people, what are your challenges, and you make it clear that you're trying to help improve things for them, people are usually – thrilled to be asked. And what I find is that when people, when, you know, when people developing a training go out and ask these open-ended questions of their team, not only are they getting great feedback about what they can do for the training, they often get great feedback that applies to the rest of their business. Like, what are the issues? What's going on? I mean, if you don't understand the challenges your team is facing, that impacts all kinds of areas of your business, right? So sometimes sometimes people get answers back that they go, hey, we don't even need a training to fix that. I can fix that right now. So I think <laughs> right. people are happy to be asked and that right. these this interview step actually generates information that's so beneficial. It, it goes far beyond the training. That, that's been my experience anyways. Fantastic. Well, just in case our listeners may want to reach out to you after our show, uh, how would you like them to contact you, uh, your email or your phone number or your website? Why don't you share that, yeah. Kirsten, please? I would love to share. Um, I'd love to share. I'll, I'll give you my email address because the email uh, – I'm sorry. I will give you my email address, but I want to give you um, a website where you can go to specifically learn more about the stuff we've been talking about, the, the peer-to-peer learning. So that's just my main company website, and it's my, my last name, scadbergconsulting.com, S-K-A-D-B-E-R-G, consulting.com. And then you're welcome to email me directly. I, as you can tell, Barbara, I love nothing more than talking about this stuff. So if anybody has questions, you're very welcome to email me. And my email address is Kirsten, K-I-R-S-T-I-N, bergconsulting.com. I love it. <laughs> we'll have a link to your website on our radio show page as well, so people, oh, great. people can reach out to you. <clears throat> so, you know, we're coming coming down down the wire here. Um, I just, you know, where where are where do you see yourself? You know, moving in the future. You know, to bigger companies, to smaller companies. Where where, where what works for you in this whole whole mm. Um, training and teaching aspect. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. All of my clients so far have been smaller companies. And I think part of the reason is that smaller companies are the ones who don't already have a learning and development department, right? Like big companies like Microsoft, right. for example, has a learning <laughs> and development part, department who is using cutting edge, you know, learning techniques to train people. 
But even so, I think they can benefit from what I'm doing. But for now, I would say the people who I enjoy helping the most are the smaller businesses who are trying to figure out what, how, can we, how can we get into this learning culture in a way that's not going to cost us a zillion dollars. You know, someday you might need a system like Microsoft, but right now you don't need that. You just need a way to, to get the people in your own company, your own team, your experts to talk to each other and share with each other. So that's what I'm doing now. Now, would I love to work and, and you know, bring this peer-to-peer learning to a company like Microsoft someday? Sure, potentially. <laughs> but right now, my sweet spot is really working with those smaller companies. Excellent, excellent. I love it. I love your enthusiasm for, you know, putting yourself in the middle of, of obviously a variety type of types of businesses, even though, you know, your background is is so, so much in the um, – um, what did I say earlier? Ecology, environmental. And, and yeah, that. ecology, environmental. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. so I, I really, really appreciate you you talking about this stuff because I don't think I don't think there's enough talk about it. So you know, it, it's it's really a matter of um, um, getting it out there, and and I wish you lots of of success with it, and. Um, you know, I'd like to say thank you for for being willing to share what you do and how you do it because I think a lot of people um, might want to hold it to themselves. So um, yes. I appreciate that. Well, I, so, I love nothing more than talking about this topic, so thank you for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. So that's our show for today. And so thank you, Kirsten, for being our leading lady today in trend-setting women. And a special thanks to our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, because we are an international show. So um, we'll be back for another Women Lead Radio show on Monday at 9 Pacific time or Fridays at 2 p.m. It's it's really a, a pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening. Have a very, very profitable, profitable week. And um, we'll see you next time. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.